You are listening to the sermon podcast of International Lutheran Church in Seoul, South Korea. I'm Pastor Chuck Hoffman. Good morning once again, everyone. Thank you for making your way to ILC during monsoon season and the rain. I know it's not always very easy. Uh, This message is entitled Fear and Faith. It is based on the reading from Mark that was just read. Last week, if you were here in the Gospel of Mark, we were in the boat with Jesus and with his followers. Wind, waves, stormy seas. There was the question posed Don't you care, Jesus, that we are perishing? And then there was the question given back. Why are you afraid? Why still no faith? Why fear instead of faith? Jesus asked them. He sort of was questioning, Don't you realize you have God in the boat together with you? This week we continue to see fear and faith together working in people's hearts. In Jairus's heart, a man who was a local leader who had a 12-year-old daughter at home on her deathbed, fear and faith. Fear and faith also in the heart of a grown woman who had a bleeding problem, a problem that would have made her ceremonially unclean and removed from society, a problem that had her lose everything seeking a cure. Fear and faith were intermingling in many hearts, all at the same moment, and everything kind of converges into one time and one place. It all meets together. That woman needed Jesus right now. Jairus needed Jesus right now to be in his house to go heal his daughter. And we know that Jesus is God made man. Jesus has limited himself to human flesh. God can be anywhere or everywhere all at the same time, but man can only be in one place at a time. I began wondering what it would look like if we could actually see fear and faith as it was playing out in the midst of this story in people's hearts. I can remember watching news coverage uh, during election cycles, especially in the United States. And uh, something that they sometimes do is they'll grab together a panel of undecided voters and they'll have them watch a debate between two candidates. And uh, as these uh, everyday people are gathered in this little room and they're watching the debate, they'll be given a little controller. And and if they like what one candidate's saying, they can push that button 
and uh, the line will kind of go up. And if they like what the other candidate is saying, they can push that button. And in real time, as you watch the debate, you can see the reaction of people. If they're liking this candidate, maybe one line would be blue and the other line would be red. And you'll see one line going up and then this line starts to go down and the other line starts to go up and so forth. And I started to wonder, what would it look like if we could see fear and faith as two lines? graphically made uh, over the top of this story. What would we see would, if, if fear spiked up, would faith drop? Or is it possible that they can both go up at the same time or both go down at the same time? Consider Jairus. This man had strong faith. At the beginning of the story, his faith was spiking high up on the graph. Consider this for a moment. He left his dying daughter to go find Jesus. That is a risk. His 12-year-old girl was there laying in her bed, taking her last few breaths in this world. Do you stay with her there till the end and, and hold her hand and make sure you're there for your girl? Or do you risk it and go? And try to find Jesus. I probably would have stayed. I would have stayed because of fear. What, what if I run and I try to go get Jesus and uh, he doesn't agree to come? Or, or, or he does come and he can't help? Or oh, what, what if I'm gone when she dies? What if I left my daughter alone in her last moments? So that took faith. On Jairus's part. At the beginning of the story, the, the faith line would have been quite high, and maybe the fear line would have been quite low. We know this. He ran to Jesus. He immediately fell at Jesus' feet. He said, If you come, you can heal my daughter. That's faith spiking high on the line. And it must have spiked even higher when Jesus said, Yes, let's go. He's agreed to come. But for Jairus, they couldn't get there quickly enough. Crowds were blocking. Uh, get, you know, get out of the way, people. The, the drama that was playing out in Jairus' heart wasn't on the heart of the people around him, the other crowds, the, the curiosity seekers, those who were pressing in upon Jesus on all sides. They had their own needs. They had their own priorities. Jesus just wasn't getting there fast enough. Now, a woman reaches out and grabs a hold of her own healing. Everything stops. Time stops. Who touched me? Jesus asks. From the standpoint of Jairus, this must have been just pure frustration. Let's go, let's go, let's go. My daughter needs help. But Jesus doesn't go. He stays, he stops. He talks to that woman. Everything is told. She tells the whole truth, it says. This is why we know all of the details of her illness. They must have taken a bit of time there for her to share what had happened. 
the healing that she had sought, how every physician had failed her. Time is ticking by. And now word comes from Jairus' house. It's over. Now see those graphs change. The faith line suddenly down, flat. The fear line spikes up a mile high. Surely nothing can be done now. Then Jesus speaks to Jairus, says, Do not fear, only believe. For Jairus, the the faith line started up very high, and then as it took longer and longer to get to the house, it started to drop, and then he hears his daughter has died, and it flatlines. The fear line started low, but then jumped up at the awful news that it was too late. What about the woman with the discharge of blood? For her, the faith line also started quite high. She believed if she could just touch the very edge of his garment that she would be healed. I I imagine this as a movie scene, and I think if I were to shoot this as a movie, I would choose a handheld camera for this moment, a, a camera that's among the crowd and being pushed around and jostled, and you see dust coming into the air, and then uh, maybe switch to a slow motion of her hand reaching out. You can hear the, her own heartbeat thumping between her ears as she reaches and finally grabs the edge of his cloak, then power. And then healing. The woman's faith line at that moment is sky high. She's felt it. She knows she's been healed. But then, who touched me? Suddenly, fear spikes up. She's been discovered. She had done something that's technically wrong, according to Jewish law unclean because of her bleeding problem. She had reached out and touched a man who was clean at the time, and a rabbi no less. Would she be rebuked? Would she be humiliated in front of everyone? Fear now high, faith now low. But of course, Jesus does no such thing. Jesus listens to the woman. He commends her faith. Your faith has made you well, he says. He restores her place, not just her health, her place in society. He's compassionate. He's concerned. This scene, uh, this chapter 5 of Mark, this is one of my favorite stories in all of Scripture. There's so much drama. There is so much action packed all into one very small package. One girl who's only been alive for 12 years is nearing death. One woman who has been bleeding for 12 years is seeking new life. And everyone is filled with a mixture of fear and faith, hope, doubt. One rising at one moment and falling at the next. Jesus has promised to drive out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. And God is perfect love. 
the common thread between a Jairus, a worried father, and, and a woman seeking her own healing, the common thread between the two was encounter with Jesus. What they both needed in order to get fear under control and to allow faith to win out was to encounter the Lord. And they did. Our lives are just like this, although usually it plays out on a slower scale. We have many, many things that drive fear and worry in our lives. School, tests, health, money, jobs, accidents, stress, relationships, family. I could go on and on. We all know this. As a parent, now a four, that sounds strange to me, my fears have greatly increased, understandably. I look back at when I was a college student, single, no children, and my fears revolved around tests and GPA. It all seems so trivial now. What's the worst case if you fail a test? Retake it. Or if you even fail an entire class, retake the class. It's no big deal. No reason to live in fear, but, well, what about health? What about children? What about finances? The worst cases are now much more concerning. The stakes are now much higher. Am I ready for all this? The answer has to be the same. It has to be encounter with Jesus. That's the only way I can get these faith line and fear line to be going in the right direction. For me, that means bringing my children to encounter Jesus in the waters of baptism. I'm more convinced than ever that little children and even toddlers have a relationship with God. My girls, my two-year-old girls, they show that to me every single day. Bring them to Jesus. Then, then I know they've been washed, they've been cleansed, they've been forgiven in those waters. And I know that they are safe in the hands of the Lord no matter what may happen. Encounter is the answer. We encounter Christ in this worship service. I hear that my sins have been forgiven. I hear the gospel read to me. I taste, I smell the body and the blood poured out for me. Here is this place where our encounter with Jesus is every bit as intimate as it was for Jairus and for that woman. And it is through these encounters that we call the means of grace that those fear and faith lines can get going in the right direction. It is through encountering Christ in your personal devotional life, through scripture reading, that those lines get going in the right direction. It's through encountering Christ in prayer and in silence. These are called the spiritual disciplines. Without them, we are likely to see fear rise over time. It creeps up slowly. We wouldn't notice it at first. But just a little bit each day, fear upon fear, and this line begins to go up.
worries of our personal lives, worries as we read the headlines in the news, and it begins to weigh on us more and more. And without noticing it, as fear grows, faith decreases. And we try more and more to handle things on our own, to get a grip, to cope, to manage, but we can't, if we're honest with ourselves. We were never meant to try to do that alone. This is why Jesus' message to the disciples in the boat in the midst of the storm and to Jairus and to the woman, his message is the same each time. He says, do not fear, believe. Jesus' final words before ascending was, Lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. He is with you. No matter what may be driving fear in your life today, know that Christ has promised to be with you. His perfect love drives out all fear. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and our minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.